Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Urrutia here on the first half of the show. The second half of the show, after the break, we will be joined by uh, Southeast recruiting analyst Andrew Ivins, a Through the Smoke slash InsideTheU.com alum. Uh, to discuss the recruiting efforts along with Gabby. So uh, going to be a full show here. Lots of news flying, of course, following the Mario Cristobal introductory press conference. Um, with the most recent news, as we record here at 11.38 a.m. on Thursday morning, uh, Dan Radakevich, the former now Clemson athletic director has been officially announced as Miami's new athletic director. Uh, with that, Gabby, I'll just hand it off to you. What, what are your thoughts? I mean, things have kind of been trending this way. It seems like since, uh, you know, especially since Mario Cristobal was, was hired. Um, what do you think this means, just big picture wise? Because I think, you know, look, a lot of fans, even me, really, I don't know necessarily um, what an athletic director does day to day to day. Um, I don't necessarily, I can't tell you like who the top 20 athletic directors in the country are, but I think everyone knows that Dan Radikevich is one of the best athletic directors in the country from what he did at Clemson. So, um, I guess just what are your thoughts on this this addition to the UM athletic department? Yeah, man. I think my biggest takeaway is just the push that this university is making for this football program and just how serious they're taking everything. I mean, they just took Clemson's athletic director. Like, I feel like that needs to right. – that's really big. I mean, this guy has, what, two football national titles under his belt. I mean, really helped build that Clemson football program, which was always a pretty good program, but never what it is, what it, what it has been over the last, what, like seven, eight years or, or whatever it is. Um, I mean, that, that's a big deal that you're able to dip into a school like that and snag the athletic director. So for me, I think it's more of just a statement about the buy-in of this right. Miami football program, the buy-in from, uh, you know, buying into the administration and the commitment that they are willing to make towards this athletics department, you know, with the football program, of course, specifically, and, you know, really just people that have, that have a reputation of winning, of doing this at a high level of upgrading facilities and upgrading Clemson. Like Clemson has like one of the craziest football facilities in the country. Right. Uh, they have like a slide in their football facility or something like that. It, it's crazy. Uh, so, you know, a, a guy that knows what it looks like at a 
at really at, at the biggest level, at the highest level of of the sport. And, uh, you know, I, I just think it's massive, man. I think it's huge to go get a guy like that for Miami. Yeah, I like this hire, obviously, for, for the, some of those reasons you just named, right? I think there's, there's three main reasons why I like this hire right now as we stand, right? First one, I don't know how much this necessarily matters, but I do like it from an optic standpoint, right? Um, the hire, you know, look, a week ago at this time, we were dealing with the narrative that was false. And I kept trying to tell people this on InsideTheU.com. And, and through this podcast forum, that the narrative that Miami's uh, athletic director search was a mess was false, right? Um, so I do like that this kind of slays that false narrative in the process of exposing some bad leaks that were around the UM athletic department. Um, so just know that you people have now been exposed even more so than you already were. Um, and look, I think, I think it also is, a, is of course, a, a guy that, and, and look, from a big picture sense, all of these moves are really about one thing. The University of Miami is giving the athletic department slash football program the opportunity to operate as a big business, right? And, and that's the whole reason why Julio Frank has become engaged, Um his advisors have shown him or, or outlined to him how football, uh, athletics, but specifically football, can be a revenue generator for the university, right? Um, it's similar in a lot of ways to the investment on the front end that the university made, what, 14, 15 years ago for U Health, right? That cost a lot of money on the front end to get that established, that health system. Uh, 15 years later, it is a significant revenue stream for the university. Now, Miami's athletic department, Miami's football program is not going to be that type of revenue stream for the university, but it can still bring in uh, tens of millions of dollars. And if things really get rolling, potentially hundreds, you know, in, you know, close to a hundred million dollars, uh, for the university. And so this is another reason why they are making these big investments by uh, what I've been told, you know, doubling a Dan Radikevich's salary at Clemson, uh, bringing in a Mario Cristobal, giving him the resources to put together a top flight staff. Um, and also look, a Dan Radikevich uh, has a track record of running an athletic department like a business, right? According to reports, uh, the Clemson Athletic Department revenue nearly doubled from 2014 to 2019. So in a five-year span, the Clemson Athletic Department revenue went from 69 million to 120 million, right? So um, he knows how to take it there. And also too, he has the reputation as you alluded to Gabby, as being an athletic director that is fully willing to give the football program everything they feel like they need slash want to succeed, right? And we all know at the University of Miami, I mean, honestly, in college athletics in general nowadays, it all starts with football. And uh, he made that significant commitment to Clemson uh, nearly a decade ago, right? And uh, 
you know, that combined with good leadership with Dabo Swinney, et cetera, et cetera, things have taken off there. Um, so, and, and also too, he's a guy that uh, builds facilities, builds buildings. I think the stat is he has um, completed more than $200 million in, in facility updates, Amy. upgrades, builds for many different sports, right? I think uh, the football facility, obviously, but also like baseball, tennis, softball, et cetera, et cetera. So he's a guy that, that really does understand how to raise money, really does understand how to run an athletic department like a big business, right? And again, this is the main theme with all this stuff. Why is Julio Frank finally engaged? Why is the UM uh, senior leadership finally engaged? Really, it comes down to the big business potential, right? Also, they understand the community aspect of football and how it's important for the University of Miami football team to bring the community together. Um, and they do understand that it's, it's an important factor for the school in general, the football program. So yeah, I mean, Radikevich, again, um, the narrative of this thing being a mess was false. From the start, the two main targets um, to lead the athletic department and the football program were Dan Radikevich at Clemson and Mario Cristobal at Oregon. And, you know, were some aspects of it messy? Cutthroat? Cutthroat. That's a better way to put it. Yes, they were. Um, you know, Blake James was, they parted ways with Blake James kind of out of nowhere, right? Uh, Manny Diaz, they strung along. You could argue too long. I wouldn't push back against that. Uh, but they did string them along nonetheless. But look, at the end of the day, in big business, this is how it, this is how it goes, right? It's a results-oriented deal when you're doing stuff, not only in athletics, where it should only be about wins and losses, but in big business, it's also about wins and losses and making big money. So the hope here, the vision here, right? Everyone knows now, Dan Radikevich, turn Miami into a big money making venture while also having a vision with your connections um, as one of the best athletic directors in the country for the future, right? Conference realignment is always going to be a topic uh, moving forward in, in college football. Um, you know, understanding what, what is the ACC's plan uh, for generating more revenue with their TV deal. So that's, that's a big deal too. And we've talked about that in the past too, of just how like ACC needs to restructure this television deal. And I feel like, you know, obviously yeah. as a guy that ran Clemson, I'm sure he's someone that understands that it needs to be revved up a little bit. Right. I mean, uh, once the SEC's new TV deal fully kicks in, I think it's projected where they might make four times more per year than what the ACC will make. So that's going to be a competitive imbalance if the ACC doesn't somehow get that changed or, or if Miami somehow doesn't get that changed, right? Um, so, yeah, it's an exciting time. Big-time improvements in leadership, I think. Big upgrades, both at athletic director and 
football coach. Which kind of brings us to our next topic here. Um, it was reported, uh, I think the day of his introductory press conference, that Mario Cristobal will be giving will be given the largest staffing pool in the ACC, the largest budget, right? Clemson, I believe, is somewhere this year, like 8.2-ish, 8.1, 8.2, 8.3, somewhere within there. Don't have exact numbers on, on what Miami's would be, but north of that, right? And, and that salary pool puts you in the neighborhood with Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, Texas a and these big-time programs that seriously invest in their assistant coach staffing pool. And again, these are only assistant coaches. These these aren't like the support staffers with the recruiting people, the nutritionist, the strength coach. Those people don't count towards this pool. So, Gabby, how big of a deal is that? Because I think that is a massive deal, and I think it's honestly getting a little underplayed. I mean, that's, that's the, just like the Mario Cristobal was something we've never seen before in terms of a financial commitment. Uh, just like Dan Radakovich, this whole thing is something like we've never seen. This assistant pool is something like we've never seen before here at Miami. And what you're able to do with $8 million that just go to your assistants is massive. Because it's not like every assistant's making a million dollars or here and there. Like you can pay like top, you can pay like, you know, le- like less than a million dollars and get one of the best position coaches out there. You know, like you can, you can spread around this money in a way that you can get extremely highly qualified coaches at every single position and maybe you bargain hunt at a position here if you want to go like huge at one and it just gives you so much flexibility to go get like and even in terms of coordinators this gives you the capability to go get a top coordinator or a, a top offensive coordinator a top defensive coordinator whatever it is um you know i just think it gives you it puts you in play for virtually maybe not everybody but I mean, for extremely, it gives you a chance. Exactly. You can, you can put a check in front of almost any coordinator in the country and you could at least compete with whatever it is that they're making now. Um, So I think that that's huge, man. And, uh, and I will say this Miami this year did have the second highest um, assistant coach staffing salary pool, however you want to phrase it uh, in the ACC. But it was still a pretty significant gap between Miami and Clemson, who was number one. Um, My impression is that if Miami is to leapfrog Clemson, which is what is being reported, that would be basically like an additional two to two and a half million more dollars to play with uh, for the staffing, which, again, that puts you in the SEC game. That puts you in the Big Ten game. So yeah. it, it is a big deal, right? In terms of like comparing it to ACC, Miami staffing was highly competitive, right? One of the best. But Miami's trying to take that next step, right, nationally. And to do that, this is this is the type of investment you have to make on the front end for coaches. And, you know, there's a lot of like Joe Brady smoke out there, right? the former LSU offensive coordinator and Carolina Panthers coordinator. Um, It takes this type of staffing pool to attract a guy like that, who honestly, and I think in the open market, this is just my guess. I think a guy like that commands around $2 million to be a, a college level offensive coordinator, which 
would be by far the most that Miami's ever paid an offensive coordinator. And I mean, just to, just not even from a money standpoint, just like Joe Brady. I mean, look what he did with like the LSU offense. Let's say he is a guy that you can go out and get. It's just, it puts you in that discussion where it's just, you can go get a Joe Brady. Like the fact that we're even talking about a Joe Brady type, I think is just extremely exciting. And sure, maybe let's say it just doesn't land on Joe Brady or whatever happens. But I mean, those are the type of dudes that, those are the type of guys that you can aim for. And I think that's something crazy. I mean, obviously, Rhett Lashley was one of the most respected offensive minds, you know, in college football. And that's why he got the SMU job. And I think he did a lot of great things here. But I mean, he sort of set the foundation. And now you can get more, you know, top dollar, you know, brilliant right. minds to sort of continue to build on top of that. It's not like you're going to have to take a step back now and be like, and it okay, is my understanding. Out? It's my understanding that they paid Rhett Lashley well. I don't know exactly the number, but right. he was well paid, is my understanding. Yeah, I'm so. sure he is. And Dan Enos was as well. So Miami's shown that they want to pay top dollar for coordinators. Now they can even pay more, I guess, um, in addition to sprinkling more amongst the to attract quality position coaches, right? Because as we know, this isn't just like a head coaching game. A staff is vitally important. Um, again, it's the big money era in college football. You got to spend if you're going to win right. at a high, high level. So what do here's what do we know in terms of the Miami stra- staff's transition in terms of the guys Mario might look to bring with him? Right. We we mentioned I think in the post game or post game post introductory press conference podcast um, that Alex Mirabal was there in attendance, ready to go, chomping at the bit. Glad to be back in the 305. Um, so he's obviously going to be the offensive line coach, right? Um, you heard as well about another Oregon assistant probably coming over once, I would presume, early signing slash the bowl game is wrapped up with Oregon. Tell us about that, coach. Yeah, I think one of the guys that Mario Cristobal and those guys could look to bring over um, is Brian McClendon. He was, I think, I believe he was the wide receivers coach and pass game coordinator at Oregon, South Georgia native. The twenty, he was the twenty four seven sports recruiter of the year uh, when he was the running backs. I think it was the running backs coach at Georgia. Um, you know, he spent. I think he was there from like two thousand seven to two thousand fourteen, and he was responsible for bringing in Todd Gurley, uh, Sony Michelle, uh, Keith Marshall, Nick Chubb. Uh, Isaiah Crowell, who's a name drop, but was a big time dude at the time. So, you know, just had a really, really big recruiting impact in South Georgia. He also spent a, a couple of years at South Carolina as their offensive coordinator, coached up Debo Samuel and Brian Edwards, I believe, who's with the, who's with the, um, I think he's with the Raiders now. I think he was a part of that recruitment process, that, that recruiting process. So, you know, a really, really highly respected recruiter and, um, you know, a guy that, you know, I think has a lot of respect within the industry. And again, just, a big time name that Mario Cristobal sort of attached himself to, and that really helped him out at Oregon. He was a big piece in landing. Uh, I don't know how to say his name. I think it's Teta Toroya McMillan. He's a West Coast guy who, you know, just watch, just being around the seven on seven circuit. Someone down here from Miami um, called him the best wide receiver that they've ever seen with like their own two eyes. That he was just an absolute freaky dude. Mm. Um, I think they call him like the flying Hawaiian or something like that. Like some shame. Uh, I think it's Shane Victorino type stuff. Um, and you know, that's a big time recruiting when that Oregon was able to have over like, you know, Southern Cal and some of those California schools. 
So, you know, I think that this would be a big time name again. Nothing's official yet. I, he is right. the interim head coach at Oregon right now through the bowl yep. game. So I think if anything becomes official there, um, it would probably come out maybe a little bit later. Um, I'm not sure how after well the early means. signing, right? I, maybe you know, after the early signing period. I don't think they can just say, "Hey, this guy's gone right now, and he's coaching the team for the Alamo Bowl." So, but I think we got to kind of wait a little bit before that one becomes official. But I would expect it to be. Yeah, typically the way business is handled, whether you agree with it or not, they finish out recruiting through the early signing period for their current school, and then coaching moves are made. Right, so. Maybe after the early signing period, even though McClendon is going to still be the interim head coach at Oregon, he still you still might make, see an announcement between those two dates. Um, and yeah, like you were saying, McClendon, Oregon guy, but his roots are in the Southeast, right? So from a recruiting perspective, like you were saying, Gabby, state of Georgia, which I think is an area... Miami doesn't necessarily tap into enough. Um, he would certainly help those efforts in addition to his pedigree as a coach, right? He is a good coach as well. Um, the other guy, Aaron Feld, right? The uh, mustached Oregon strength coach. Juicy. Yeah, juicy. Um, <laughs> he, I guess he's from the Southeast originally. And, uh, you know, typically strength coaches are tied to their head coach as well. So it's really no surprise that he is expected to come to Miami as well with Cristobal. Um, It's been floated by me too. Rod Chance, Oregon's cornerbacks coach, might be a guy to keep an eye on. I don't know. I don't know if that's like as much of a done deal as these previous three guys we talked about, but just a guy to know. I've also, it's Aquinas alum. I think that that's, I think that that's notable. He's from Fort Lauderdale, broad chance. Fair. And, um, Ken Wilson, who I think is their linebackers coach might be in the running for the Nevada job, I think as the head coach job. So he's a name to watch. If he doesn't get that job, maybe a linebacker coach for UM. So, just some names to know, a lot of moving parts. Again, early signing period, unless these coaches are free agents like a Joe Brady. Um, typically, moves aren't happening too much until after the early signing period. Next topic, John Ruiz. Uh, deep-pocketed booster, projected billionaire 20 times over. Uh, making a strong push, Gabby. Um, to build a stadium, right? And I don't necessarily need or want to get in the weeds about the Coral Gables high school plan, all that stuff, right? What do you think, though, of just the vision, the fight he's up for to try and build a stadium for the University of Miami somewhere? Yeah, I mean, I, I respect the effort. I really respect the, the vision. I respect that they want to get it done, um, all those types of things. I imagine they're going to run into roadblock after roadblock after roadblock in this. I think, uh, you know, just building a stadium here in just this general area. I'm in South Miami. I, I ride my bike to UM, you know, in the mornings when we have media availabilities. I, I, I would find it extremely difficult to find a, a, a space to build a stadium again. But I, 
I mean, I, I don't question these guys, though. Like, you know, these guys went out and helped get Mario Cristobal from Oregon. These guys have, I feel like, sort of, I feel like these guys typically get their way. So, again, I, I sure. wouldn't be super surprised if all this happens, but I, I'm doubtful. I think I'm naturally skeptical with this whole thing, but I respect the hustle. I respect the willingness to sort of give this a shot. And um, honestly, man, I never sort of put it past guys like that with just deep pockets that just really want to get something done to get it done. So we'll see how this goes, but I would be, I'm going to be very interested to follow this sort of process or these. Yeah. Ideas. I'm sure it'll be an interesting saga to follow again. Location does matter. Right. Um, and we'll see if they can get it done. I, I'm with you though. I like the effort. I like the vision. Um, last thing. And then we'll take a break and we'll get into some recruiting talk. Um, Sounds like uh, Jess Simpson, the defensive line coach, is set to be the interim head coach for the bowl game against Washington State and El Paso. Rob Likens, the current wide receiver coach, expected to be the offensive coordinator. And Travaris Robinson, the secondary coach, expected to be the defensive coordinator. So I don't know, Gabby, we don't need to get into this too much, but to me, that those all make sense, right? Jess Simpson was a high school head coach, very successful in the state of Georgia for a long, long, long time. That makes sense to me. Rob Likens has experience as an offensive coordinator. That makes sense to me. T-Rob, obviously been a DC at South Carolina prior to his arrival at Miami. That also makes sense to me. Anything else to add there? No, not really. I mean, I feel like that all that, that, that's that's exa- about how I thought that would go. So that definitely makes sense. All right. So we will see. We'll get to Sun Bowl talk, though, once we get through early signing and assistant coach, staff filling, all that stuff. So let's take a break. And then on the other side, we will get to the part of the show everyone's been waiting for. And that is recruiting talk with Gabby and Andrew Ivins. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, we are back. We got Andrew on the pod with us. Um, Andrew, let's just start here, right? Because you are a Through the Smoke and Inside the U alum, right? (laughs) Um, So I'm just curious, like, how do you absorb all of this that's been going on with, with Miami right now, all these big moves? I'm just curious, like, how are you kind of taking it all in over the past week? Um, I mean, I, I guess I haven't really thought about it all that much because it happened so fast. I mean, I, I don't know if it happened so fast, but 
I think there's always been the rumors of will will Mario come home? Is he going to come home? And you know, then it happened. It's like, oh, okay, I guess that did happen. Um, and you know, I just I have different memories of Mario having interacted with him at at different high schools and out on the recruiting trail, and you, you hear stories and you see the guys that he gets, and it's like, all right, like, is this? not an act, but like, would he be able to do this at Miami? And it's like, well, why wouldn't he? Um, and we're only what, four or five, three, four, two or three days into the, the crystal ball era. And, you know, everyone's, it's going to win a press conference. Um, I thought he made some interesting comments in it. Uh, and he's really attacking it, but like every, like, again, everyone's attacking it right now. Um, but I've been impressed with what he's doing and, and I'm impressed that Miami pulled it off. Um, if you've ever yeah. been out to Oregon, the facilities there are awesome. But at the same time, you know, I think there's always that desire and that calling to come home. Um, and I think it was just for Miami, like they made the package too sweet and just it made a ton right. of sense. Does that financial commitment Miami's making now surprise you? Because it it still does me, oh, honestly. Yeah, I, I think so for sure. I mean, it's, how long did it take him to get an IPF? Right. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's... It's surprising for sure. And just with how the last search went um, with them settling real fast on Manny Diaz, that was, that was, it's like a 180. And I, I know it's kind of similar. They, they settled quickly on, on Mario, but they, they knew who they wanted and they got that guy. Right. And, and you have a little bit of crossover with Dan Radikevich. You covered Clemson for a little bit in your career. Do you have any, first any impression of him at all did you deal with him much as an ad he got me mixed up i covered notre dame not clemson oh that's right you know (laughs) i'm sorry that's all right i can only i i'm like one of those people that can only name six or seven ad's on my fingers and that's only because i've somehow had to cover that school and i know who the ad is (laughs) like i'm not like a big ad hot board guy you did live in north carolina correct i did um so i don't know anything about dan I mean, I've been to Clemson. I've been multiple times. Um, right. And they have a, a Disney world of facilities there. Uh, and I think he's somewhat responsible for that. Definitely. All right. So let's get into um, kind of the early returns of Mario, right? You said it's been like two or three days. It feels like it's been a week, honestly, <laughs> just because of news is flying in fast, right? Um so I'll let you start here, Andrew, and then Gabby, you can, you can tack on or, or have a conversation too about your early impressions about what Mario's doing so far on the trail. What's impressed you, Andrew? Um, I don't like, I don't know how to preface this. Like, I don't know if he's done something where it's like really impressed me. Uh, sure. He's kind of just done everything that I thought he would do. Um, them, him making a, a showing at the Miami Central, him getting into Earl Little's home, him getting into Nigel Lee Kelly's home. I think actually I'll, I'll, I'll take that back. The thing that was most impressive to me is on his flight from Oregon to Miami. So that would have been Monday night, that private flight, which we've all seen photos of. He was already working the phones for Miami, uh, right. texting kids and stuff like that. So that's where I would be impressed. Um, and why am I impressed by that? Because, you know, I've had to interact with all, to some degree with all these other big coaching changes. You know, last week I kept asking kids, well, hey, have you heard from Brian Kelly? And it's like, no. 
I have not heard from Brian Kelly. And, you know, there can be a number of different reasons why. Uh, but he seems to have attacked it much faster. And I think that's just the, the sign of an elite recruiter. Yeah, I guess, I mean, just adding on to that, and he just really just, I guess, the way he approached everything, just going from press conference to Miami Central to Earl Little Jr.'s home to Nigel E. Kelly's home. I mean, the next day, hopping on a flight, going, going to Texas, you know, sort of attacking the guys that, you know, he had already circled that Oregon, that he had committed to him at Oregon. And again, just sort of not being afraid to make, like maybe per, even pursue those guys, like a Kelvin Banks that, you know, who, what are the chances he can flip him to Miami? But he's still sort of trying, you know, he still took that, he still made that effort to try to get out there and work through, like, you know, work with a Kelvin Banks type where it could be, you know, a guy that he obviously identified that really, he really wanted at Oregon that, you know, he's obviously done it at an extremely high level, both him and Alex Mirabal. So, you know, so just sort of not being afraid to take those big swings at guys like that, you know, even with in-state programs like Texas A&M and Texas pushing and all that stuff. Same thing with Cameron Williams going over there to meet with him and doing all those things. And just sort of how he's been bouncing in and out of everywhere, um, you know, even with those guys that, he, again, he had committed to him at Oregon. I was just texting back and forth with Darius Clemens, who's a, a top wide, a top two four seven wide receiver out of the Portland area that was trending towards Oregon, and you know he's definitely considering Miami now. Like he just told me his dad played at Miami Northwestern. Like what are the chances a kid from Oregon like that has Miami ties? He said his dad's family is still here in Miami, so like Mario Cristobal is gonna attack that, and he might have what now? I guess six days to make something happen like that, but. You know, he is going to sort of gut through it and just try to figure out what he can sort of, you know, make happen here, you know, down this, this final stretch. So, you know, I just respect the effort and his willingness to really attack the recruiting stuff. And, you know, he said it during his press conference, he's going to relentlessly, relentlessly attack recruiting. And I feel like he's sort of held that up, you know, pretty quickly. Yeah. His gas tank has been pretty impressive here. That's all the coladas, bro. That's all the cafe cubano and all that stuff that's just injected in his veins right now. Lots of caffeine. I guess, Andrew, you're you're the uh, 24-7 sports state of Florida slash Southeast guy. I'm curious, you know, it's early, right? It's all projecting. But what do you think this means recruiting-wise, the impact Mario going to Miami for, you know, the big three in the state of Florida – but also just the SEC schools that try and cherry pick out of the state as well. Well, you know, I've been using this line again for like a week now, but it's really only been a few days. I think if you're Alabama and Georgia, you're, you're a little bit concerned. I think definitely if you're Florida and Florida state, now I do not expect Mario to get every blue chip sure. kid in South Florida. I don't even know if you want to do that. Um, but I think he's just going to make it much, much harder for these guys to get away. And I, I circle back to when uh, Manny took over for Mark Richt. You know, I thought, hey, maybe Manny can kind of can kind of get this thing going um, with some new energy and, and make it hard. And I think his he, he connected more with the older veterans in, in the transfer portal. I recall some instances where he would tell kids. If, uh, if, if you don't sign with us or I don't get you, you know, I'm going to get fired. Um, you know, he said that notably with De Quincey Roche. So I think that was kind of – Manny didn't really click with some of the local kids. Um, I definitely don't think he clicked with the, the high school football coaches community, uh, I, the circles, whatever word you want to use for it. 
know, sure. I don't think there was a ton of people pushing their kids towards Miami. Uh, and maybe now that we're removed from it, maybe that's because of, of Manny. And then on the opposite side, you know, Mario, he gets it. And I was out at St. Thomas Aquinas on Wednesday night, Tuesday night. I, I, again, I trying to stick, keep them all together, just talking with different coaches from around the country, you know, just, you know, it's just, it's a bunch of not gossip, but you're kind of comparing notes. And I was talking with one coach and they're like, Mario gets it. Like he gets it. It's kind of one of those things where if you understand the South Florida landscape and, and the culture, right. like if you know, you know, and Mario definitely knows. And I go back to the, the press conference, you know, I was watching from my kitchen when Gabby asked the question about recruiting. And I think Mario hit a, a grand slam walk off home run with what he said yeah. about how football is life down here. He brought up the coaches and how much credit they don't get talked about how it's their vocation to get these guys scholarship offers. Um, yep. You know, it, it just, he, he checked off every box and you know, these, these coaches who are so protective of their kids and want the best are going to want their kids to go to Miami, in my opinion. And, and again, I don't think they're going to get all of them. Uh, but I think Mario is going to um, he, he's he's not going to clean up, but man, like he's gonna he's gonna be in it with every big guy, I think. And you know, I we'll see how he fills out this recruiting staff, what it looks like from an evaluation standpoint. Um, I would not be surprised if he still cherry picks nationally, and I think that's what you need to do if you're Miami. You can't sure. rely just on this backyard, but. Again, if I'm Alabama and I'm Georgia and I'm used to coming down here and grabbing a Jordan Battle and grabbing a Dallas Turner, um, you know, grabbing a, a Josh Job, like all those guys, I think Mario makes it where it's not as easier for them to get away. And now some of them still will get away. Um, and, then, and then tying this all in with with Florida and the Big Three, you know, we'll see what happens with. Uh, Florida, I think they made a great hire, obviously, with Corey Raymond. You know, there's some some rumors out there that Jawan Sider could end up at, in Gainesville. So, you know, I, I'm not going to be too rushed, too quick to judge that staff Florida has, but they don't really have a ton of Florida ties. Billy Napier doesn't have any Florida ties. So I think it's going to be even harder for them to get down here. Again, we'll see how they fill this thing out. Like, to me, if they got Sider, that would be huge. Florida State, on the other hand, you know, they just promoted Randy Shannon. I mean, that move makes a ton of sense. I, I think I called yeah. that in our group chat, like, in September. Absolutely. I was like, yeah, I'm like, he's going to be a guy just because they need that presence. But FSU has tried so hard to get into South Florida. They're going to get some guys out of here. Um, but they're at the FIU camp. They work that camp. So they want to be here. Uh, and Mario is going to make it harder for them to operate. No, quite, no doubts about that. If I had to pin you down, Andrew, and, and say – the biggest impact in recruiting will be felt in what way? Would you say putting the fence up around South Florida? Do you think Mario, because I agree with your, your take on recruiting more nationally in terms of getting elite guys nationally. Do you feel like that's where it might be felt? Yeah. Yes, I do. I do. I do. I think every, I think the easy narrative for the newspaper guys be like, Oh, Mario's going to get everyone. They're going to put a fence around here. That's all they need. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I think they're going to get some more guys home. But I think Mario is such a national name that kids um, want to play for him. And is that the Nike Oregon thing, the uniforms? Maybe there's a little bit of that, but it doesn't matter because he's already got that shine from being at Oregon. 
uh, when the reports started coming out on Sunday, I mean, there was like big name five star kids from across the country that are like retweeting it with with you emojis, I emojis. Um, I right. so I think you know what is the biggest biggest thing you're going to get? It's the access to those blue chippers, and it, I think it'll look a lot like what Miami saw in 2018 under Mark Richt when they got a Brevin Jordan. Um, who else was in that class? I'm, um, of course I'm going Jeff Thomas, like when they were getting going and getting those guys, but at the same time, keeping a good crop, a good wave of those kids home. And obviously some of those guys haven't panned out, but, um, that's what I think it it does for you. Like they, they can recruit a little nationally, kind of what some of these, these big time sec programs do. So I want to talk now about some of the targets that might be a little more interested. I mean, they were already interested, right, in Miami somewhat, but now they might be a little more interested that Mario is there. And Gabby, I'll go to you with this one. Uh, Nigeli Kelly, what what are you hearing in, on that front in that regard with him and kind of where things stand with with Miami now? Because he was highly interested in, in Oregon uh, before this coaching change. Yeah, I'll tag that. But I kind of want to pass that to Andrew because I know he just wrote something <laughs> up on his conversation with Nigel Leak. So, Andrew, do you want to like hop on no, that? No, man. Just... All you, you're 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 uh, you're versed in everything. You, you live down here. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I think it's important. Like, I think that it's a big deal that you know, obviously, Oregon was sitting in the driver's seat. It felt like they were at least you know heading into you know just down this home stretch of you know going towards early signing day and all that stuff. So, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's an absolutely huge deal. Mario Cristobal is able to get in with a guy like Nigelique, basically, again, like hit the ground running with him. They already had an established relationship there. Again, if Oregon was located in, in Georgia or even like, you know, anywhere closer, I think he, I think there's a chance he could have been committed there already. Um, so I think what Mario Cristobal does in, you know, with those relationships, with those types of guys, like, you know, Nigelique Kelly is a major talent from down here. He's a guy you don't want to let get away. And to sort of put yourself back in play and just really just in the thick of things down this final stretch, you're going to get him in for a visit this weekend. You know, what what does his picture look like coming off of that? I think that there's a good chance that, you know, Miami puts themselves in a really good spot off of that one. So, you know, what Miami's able to do there with a guy like Nigel Kelly is huge. I mean, that's that's some that it's it's a guy that you probably wouldn't have gotten that you might get now due to this hire and at a premium position like pass rush. We talk all the time. How many times have we talked about the pass rushers, you know, the defensive linemen here just throughout the state of Florida, you know, in South Florida specifically, you needed to get a couple of those guys. I think Mario Cristobal with Nigel E. Kelly puts Miami in a much better spot to get a guy like that now. Andrew, do you think Miami's the favorite now for Nigel E? I do. <laughs> I do. I mean, I've spent so much time with Nigel E. Um, and he's an awesome kid. You know, he's only... 17 years old. I think if people don't realize that he could actually be a 2023 20, and that makes him a unique prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say he's like the mature, most mature kid or anything like that. I'm not going to sit here and say that, but he's, he's smart and calculated. Uh, you know, he told me last week if Oregon was located in South Florida, he'd be committed to Oregon. Right. And then, you know, now Mario's coming here um, told me today that it's a huge deal that, Miami got Mario and that he really wasn't a big fan of Manny Diaz. Um, so yeah, I, I think Miami's in the driver's seat. You know, what the reason why he was, you know, distance was a factor. I think one of the reasons why Miami was getting the last visit um, was because of David Cooney 
Tavares Robinson, Demarcus Van Dyke, like those guys are, are, yeah. are in his ear. Um, you know, I, Nigel League has never once brought up Jess Simpson, or if he has, it's been a while, which I think is kind of like eye raising. You know, why is he not involved in the recruitment? Um, so I, I do think, I mean, you always want that last face to face. We'll see. I know Auburn took him to, uh, I thought it was a Flanagan's. It was a it was a quarter deck. No, no, no. Maybe it was Duffy's. Ooh. They, yeah. It looked like an Outback or something. Like no, that. no, no. It was a Duffy's. Okay. I saw a menu. You gotta uh, go Flanagan's. Yeah, what are they you were. Doing? <laughs> quarter deck is a great option too. I'm a Flanagan's guy, man. I'm a yeah, of course, huge Flanagan's guy. Yeah. What's your go-to order? I mean, lunch special is when I usually go, and I'll get ten wings and you know a sweet tea for like seven ninety nine. Mexican Monday. Oof. No Ten free shout-outs. Uh, <laughs> liberals. It's, it's, not, it's not a shout-out if it's like if it's if it's true. We're speaking the truth. Yeah, uh, okay. Flanny's is a spot. And so, final thing on Nigelik. I mean, Auburn was trying to get that visit. You know, Florida State. They were in on on uh, on Sunday night with all their coaches. I mean, you know, kind of the rule of thumb in these things is you want the last visit, you want the last face to face. And yes, there are scenarios where that doesn't pan out for you, but it seems like everything's just trending in the right direction for Miami. So I don't have a crystal ball in yet. I'm, I'm assuming I will have one in here soon. Let's stick with local defensive lineman, five-star Shamar Stewart at a Monsignor pace. Mario saw him on Wednesday. Andrew, you had the little follow-up about the, you know, giving insight into what is going on there. How um, did, did anything change there, I guess, with Mario getting hired at UM, in your opinion? Yes. I think um, the door starting to open a little bit when it comes to Miami and, and Shamar Stewart. And Shamar is a guy that has hung around that program. He knows a ton of people in Coral Gables when I'm talking about players. He also is, is close with DeMarcus Van Dyke, who's obviously a Monsignor Pace um alum let's not forget Miami held one of their scrimmages at some point preseason scrimmages at pace like Miami has always wanted him uh and from what I heard just that that conversation I thought it was risky that that Miami decided to burn the Mario visit now uh because you only get one head coach in home visit and Shamar's not planning to wait until February to sign so uh, I know Georgia, Texas A&M, they're saving their Jimbo Fisher, Kirby Smart face-to-faces. But from, from what I was told, Mario wanted to go in on Wednesday because he feared that Shamar could take an unofficial visit to Texas A&M this weekend. That, that he, he is going out to Texas A&M, um, commit to the Aggies and, and sign uh, next Wednesday during the early signing period. Now, that could still happen. Um, but from, from what I heard and gathered, it was an eye-opening kind of face-to-face. Mario showed up to the school in a car service. I guess that's how he's getting around town. Doesn't have a car, so he's he's rolling around in like a black Escalade with a driver, um, which was someone pointed out to me, which I thought was pretty funny. I don't think Manny Diaz ever did anything like that, and uh, he he made a big impression. That's the first time Shamar had ever met Mario Cristobal. I think COVID nineteen okay. is a, a big reason why. You know, there's never that, that that ever happened, but I think it impressed them. I think Miami will get an official visit in January, and we'll see. Um, but Texas A&M is building something special right. out in College Station, so my crystal ball remains there. Uh, but I think Miami again, kind of op- cracking that door a little bit, or a little. What do we need to know about that one? 
It's an interesting one. From I, I was talking to a, a, a contact this morning, just trying to get a gauge of what's going on there. And I said, that's all Mario. Um, and it is. I, I, I haven't been able to confirm who all actually went in home with the littles on. I think it was just Cristobal. I think it was just Cristobal and Mirabal. I don't think yeah. it was like the whole staff that went out. Which, you know, we, we don't need to get into why or any of that. Um, right. But Miami was was dead in this recruitment, and now they have some life in there. I'm sure Earl's dad wants to know who is going to be hired as the D coordinator, who are going to be the, the position coaches. We'll see if he if he visits this weekend. He has an official visit to use, um, but Florida's Billy Napier, I guess, is going to be at Plantation today and go in home. Um, I don't know if Corey Raymond is part of that traveling party. I would assume they – you know, Gator Nation would try to make that happen with whatever right. jet they needed. Because remember, there was a time when Earl Little was considered pretty much an LSU lean. Like he was going to go to LSU after that magical 15 and one season. Corey Raymond was a big reason why. Now Raymond is at Florida. So they're probably going to fight for that official visit. I mean, this recruitment, it doesn't make me laugh, but, it, you know, with all these moving parts, I mean, two months ago, I would have been like, gun to my head, there was absolutely no way Earl Little isn't going to Alabama. Now it's like, well, he could end up at Miami or he could end up at Florida. So we'll see. Is he an early guy or will he wait till February? Uh, I don't think you can EE out of no. American heritage. Um, you can't, I don't know why I'm saying, I but think. I'm saying, will he sign early or will a he wait? According to, to, to Pat Sertain, the, the dolphin legend, I talked to him last night. Uh, the plan is for both him and Marvin Jones Jr. to sign on Wednesday. But I guess it's fluid. It's recruiting. Things could get pushed right. back. And then real quick, I don't know if there's which, much here. Which, oh, wait, we jump in, which would be very on brand for American Heritage because remember, it seems like every right. time they have a big guy, they do push it back. Right, right. And and the other guy I wanted to get to, Andrew, and I, if there's not much there, we can just move on quick. But Jaden Gibson, right? Uh, Four-star wide receiver. Visited Miami in the summer. Uh, Florida, I guess, parted ways or, or something happened there where he decommitted. Is Miami in the mix there or not? I think they're in the mix, um, but I do not anticipate them getting that final visit. I talked to Jaden late Wednesday night or after he had decommitted. Um, <laughs> he's like, my phone has not stopped ringing since I opened things back up. You know, some people speculated that Florida State was going to be the team to beat. I I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, I guess it was because Mike Norvell was there right away. Um, and that's another school he's visited. But Jaden told me that it's either going to be Oklahoma or Texas A&M that gets his official visit uh, this weekend. So we'll see. He is an early enrollee. Um, okay. I, Jeff Levy, the new OC for the Sooners, is apparently going in home with him today. He has some ties to Central Florida. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people know that. Coach right. at Southeastern, which is outside of Lakeland after his stint at Baylor. Speaking of Baylor, Baylor will also be in home. Um, if I'm Baylor, the pitch is pretty dang easy. Hey, have you seen what Tyquan Thornton's doing? Um, and that's a school he visited. And then Texas A&M, I mean, you know, five stars, all, all, all that stuff. So we'll see. I know he spoke with Mario. I just don't know if Miami has enough time Um and how much of a priority he is with right. a wide receiver coach not really officially in place. And Gabby, real quick, we don't need to dwell on this, but 
what what will this as things stand now Thursday afternoon what does this weekend of official visits look like for Miami is it mainly commits um are there any I mean we gonna we know Nigel Leak is coming right he's an uncommitted guy that's coming is there anyone else to know and I'm sure this list will grow within the next 24 hours as well Right. Yeah. I mean, Andrew dropped, dropped that, you know, Wesley, Besaint's going to come. So that's another big name that's expected to, to be in but right now. It feels like it's going to be a lot of commits, you know, Jakari Brown's expected to come down. Kamari Rogers is expected to come down. Chris Graves is expected to come down. Um, we'll see what happens with like, they're going to meet with uh Valentia Carswell today. Let's see if maybe they're able to get him down here. Ole Miss has been uh, in the mix there too. He got a, an, he got a visit from Blaine Kiffin, the other day. So it's going to be interesting. I don't know who else to really expect at this point. Again, it feels like this can change anytime. Um, so, I mean, we'll, we'll sort of see how this continues to sort of play out over the next, like, you know, maybe even like 12 hours to see how the yeah. afternoon goes and to see if there's anyone else that they're able to maybe consider, um, you know, getting in They're at IMG right now. I mean, what happens if like they convince uh, Kamari, Rod- uh, Kamari uh, Wilson to, officially visit again i'm not saying that's going to happen but who knows what happens there and um you know it could get pretty interesting are there any shaky commits you feel like right now because i know like your eye was on kamari rogers do you feel like it's a good sign he's going to visit this weekend yeah i think that's a good thing i I think uh you know there was concern uh within kamari rogers's camp i guess that mario Cristobal didn't view them as a part of their as a part of the future and all that stuff. I think some of that was put at ease because they had a conversation yesterday. You know, Kamari Rogers, his father, uh, Mario Cristobal, they talked and stuff like that. And I think that's why they're excited to get down here now to just sort of continue to lay out that vision for, you know, where they see him fitting into, you know, Mario Cristobal's program. I know that there's people in there that are really excited about the future of Miami and, you know, where the, the where the direction of the program is sort of headed. So, I think that they're really excited to be sort of, you know, included in that. And so um, maybe Chris Graves, I know he he spoke to a reporter in Naples that, you know, sort of suggested that he's still a little bit open. Again, he was another guy that was that Corey Raymond was very big on. He officially visited LSU over the summer. He also, you know, took a trip to, to Florida. So Corey Raymond at Florida uh, could maybe give the Gators, you know, some, in, uh, you know, some like inroad into in this whole recruitment. But Again, I don't think he's an early enrollee as a kid at Bishop Verreaux. Typically, those Catholic private schools don't let you early enrollees. So I think it'll be interesting to see if Miami could sort of lock him up this weekend and get him to, you know, sign his name in ink on Wednesday. Or if he pushes this back to February, I think that it could be a little bit more interesting. All right. I just want to quickly pepper through some Oregon commit slash targets that might be interested in Miami now. And let's the way I want to go through this is just I'll, I'll name the names. If you think Miami has a legit shot, we'll say yes. If not, we'll say no. If you're unsure, maybe, you know, we'll go yes, no, maybe. Okay. So let's start with you, Andrew. Five-star offensive lineman Kelvin Banks out of Texas who is committed to Oregon. I guess Mario went to go visit him. Do you think there's a chance there or not? I mean, I, I, I really don't know much about that I at the beginning of when I came on you know Gabby said that that was the most impressive thing he had thought that uh, Mario had been able to get Miami a a seat at the table I I think that is impressive I mean I don't know I I would assume they have a better chance with the next lineman than this guy Um, right 
just kind of based on where it is, but I, I, I'm not ruling it out. I just not familiar enough. Gabby, what do you think? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I was sort of sorting through the Texas A&M board, which is a school he's been linked to. And uh, Brian Peroni, who covers, who covers the Aggies seemed to think that Miami wasn't a, a realistic destination. So um, yeah. I don't know. I'd probably say no at this point. Three-star offensive lineman Cameron Williams, who did visit Miami. Yes, no, maybe. Gabby. Yeah, I would say yes. I would say that there's a, a good shot. Okay. Four-star DB Wait, Jaleel. Can we, can we take a quick timeout real quick? I know this is rapid fire. If yeah. Miami were to get Williams and Banks, is that like the two best linemen they've got in the past 10 years, like out of nowhere? Banks, certainly, yes. Williams, I don't know. I don't know much about either one of them, honestly. Someone but, told me that Williams like plays point guard for his high school. Yeah, he's like a bas- He's like a legit basketball player. Well, not like legit, like recruited legit, but like he's like a very capable basketball player. Interesting. And apparently, he moves around well. And he's even massive, though he's like six, right? five, three sixty, or whatever it is. Yeah, that that would be some good gets. Uh, Four star DB Jaleel Tucker out of San Diego. He is a top 150. Gabby, yes, no, maybe. No. I would say Andrew, no. you have an opinion? No opinion, but if they visit USC, I mean, that's where they're going. Yeah, yeah do you feel them. that way about all these San- – or Jaleel Florence, too, yeah. another San Diego guy? Yeah. USC, yeah. yeah. I know I, – I will say that they, apparently they're, like, very close with Keyshawn Smith, the, the Miami's wide receiver. Right. Because that's same the same high school. high school that he went to. But I don't know. I think it's too soon to turn that – to flip that into anything. Again, but if they push it back to February – um maybe who knows what happens but right now um, i would not feel super good about that tj dudley four-star linebacker out of the state of alabama top 200 player according to the composite gabby what do you think yeah i talked to both dudley and his mom and and they seemed like legitimately interested in you know the idea of miami uh, you talked to him i know he was just at an all-star game uh in alabama and he threw out schools like clemson and lsu and texas and florida and all those types of things. But uh, when I spoke to him, he seemed pretty interested in the idea of Miami. He committed to Mario Cristobal for a reason. And uh, he said that when he got off the plane on his official visit at Oregon, Mario Cristobal was right there to greet him. So um, I think it, I think if Miami pursues, I think that they'd have a, a shot there. You have an opinion, Andrew? I have no opinion. He's probably a kid that needs to... <laughs> To, needs to wait until February, but that's yeah. that's a, that's another episode of my thoughts. I think that's what's going to happen, though. Do you have an opinion, Andrew, on wide receiver Kevin Coleman out of St. Louis, a top fifty guy? I mean, do we be honest? Like, I'm not sure he's a top fifty guy. Uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's just kind of my, my my take. I mean, I, again, it just. I mean, if we were assuming Brian McClendon is coming to Miami, then I, yes. I would think Miami has a chance. Um, and just going on the theme of this, like, I think there could be some surprise, just guys on campus. Uh, and he, he would fit that category of just like, Oh, okay. Like he's visiting um, just cause he has some ties with whoever or, or, or whatnot. Right. Gabby, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Um, again, like, I think it's just kind of like a really quick turnaround, especially with the wide receiver clo- coach, not in place. Like, if Brian McClendon is the guy, which we believe he is, like when is that going to be announced? I don't know if that, I don't know if that's going to happen soon enough for like Kevin Coleman to just be like, unless he is told specifically that that is what's happening for him to just be like, all right, I will, I will use that official visit to to come this weekend. And if that will be enough 
uh, without like, you know, the ink dry or anything like that for him to just decide like, hey, I'm going to come to Miami if he's going to sign early, which I honestly don't know if he is. All right. So we will wrap this up on this thought here. Miami is currently, what, 56, I think, in the country in terms of their team ranking, eight commitments. I want to set the bar high, and I want to ask both of you, can Miami finish with a top 20 class, in your opinion? Can they jump 36 spots between now and February signing day? Andrew. Oh, I think it's absolutely doable. Um, if you run run the numbers with that class calculator, you add Nigel Lee Kelly and, and Earl Little, you're borderline top 25, I think, and you got to assume they're going to add someone else. So, um, I mean, I'm not calling Earl Little a lock, but yeah, I think it's definitely doable for sure. Yeah, I think like we're just kind of pick, piggybacking on that. I think there's an avenue to top 20. Um, I did like my dream class thing in that scenario. They're like top like seven, which is insane. But, um, you know, there's definitely an avenue to top 20. Um, I could see it even if it's like, you know, 19, 18, maybe 20 exactly. Um, but it, it, it could happen. I wouldn't be like super surprised or even like devastated if it didn't happen. Cause I, again, this is all happening very quickly, but I do think that, th- that it's possible. I guess, right. I guess I should maybe, uh, now that I think about it, I mean, if you remove like a Kamari Rogers, that would move you down. Right. Or um, like a Chris Graves, if that were to happen. That right. Would. And in terms of commits, I know Gabby didn't mention that. Like Landon Ibieta, I would assume, is probably, probably not going to yeah. yeah, I, I would mean, I would guess that. He's not going to sign? I'm sorry. Yeah. He's picked up a few offers the past few days, right? Yeah. And so LSU's wide receiver coach took off to Nebraska and I guess I know LSU was always rumored to be flirting with him a little bit and since the wide receiver coach took the Nebraska job he offered Ibietta at like to go to Nebraska so I think that that could be an, a situation to sort of monitor if um you know Ibietta sort of you know goes that route and I, I know Louisville offered too so I think those are two interesting programs that like to sort of watch down the stretch here he always said like if the staff was in place he would come to Miami but if that staff wasn't there he probably wouldn't and i think he's a guy that you have to like like specifically and i'm not sure if he's going to be a dude that they sort of that this per, that this staff maybe envisioned and again i'm not reporting that or anything i'm just sort of reading tea leaves and sort of understanding of how this could potentially go all right there will be a lot of recruiting news over the next what six to eight weeks um want to thank andrew for jumping on with us gabby great stuff as always want to highlight too we got a a uh, annual subscription deal get an annual sub for 53 bucks hundreds and hundreds of people have taken advantage we thank you for that support um if you haven't yet come join the party gabby and andrew are both killing it with the recruiting scoop for the miami hurricanes uh mario cristobal era so with that appreciate all you guys listening on the next podcast gabby and i will recap kind of the official visit weekend fallout and uh till next time take care
Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+.